Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. As we move into Luke chapter 17, Jesus deals with sin and forgiveness. I can't think of many issues that are more relevant. Too often, our behavior toward one another is based on feeling or emotion. Today on Drawing Near, we learn that our relationships are to flow out of our faith. Let's take our Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17, and look at offense and forgiveness. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we are mindful as we read these words today that you have forgiven us of our sins through faith in Jesus Christ. It's important that we understand, Father, that your forgiveness is contingent upon our repentance. We have to come to you and seek forgiveness. You don't simply forgive everyone of all of their offenses. You only forgive those who have trusted in Christ because Jesus Christ on the cross paid the debt, paid the price for our offenses, our sins. We thank you for this truth and this understanding. Help us to live out this faith in our relationship with others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 17, verse 1, we read, Then he, Jesus, said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. It appears these first four verses take two parts. The first part deals with offenses or stumbling blocks, hurting someone else. And the second part deals with forgiveness. The very first thing Jesus tells his disciples is that it is impossible that no offenses or stumbling blocks should come. In a world of relationships with one another, with sinful people, it is impossible that we do not offend one another or cause one another to stumble. We're going to hurt each other. We're going to sin against each other. It's impossible that no offenses should come. This word offenses is better translated stumbling blocks. And so an offense is something that you do to someone else that causes them to stumble. It doesn't have to be something mean. It can be false teaching. It could be some kind of deception, whether deliberate or unintentional. It's an offense. It's a stumbling block. It's something we do in someone else's life that causes them to be tripped up in their moral character. Sometimes when we hurt someone else, we cause them to be angry or offended, and that anger and offense continues to grow and build in them until they sin. Jesus says it's impossible that no offenses should come. We need to understand that we live in a world that requires us to understand sin happens. But, Jesus says, woe to him through whom they do come. Woe to the person who causes stumbling. Woe to the person who brings offense. The biggest thing we need to understand is offenses are going to come, but we need to be very, very careful about when we offend others. We need to understand they're going to offend us, but we need to be warned that it is a dangerous thing to offend or cause other people to stumble. He goes on in verse 2 and says, It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. 
Now, I don't know the exact context in which Jesus is teaching this, but his reference at the end of verse 2 to these little ones is important. Is he talking about these little ones being his children, his flock, people everywhere? Or is he talking about small children? Is he saying it's one thing to cause stumbling in a grown-up, it's another thing to cause stumbling in a child? I'm not certain. It seems from Matthew's gospel and other places in Jesus' teaching that Jesus was very, very concerned about how we offend little children, how we cause little children to stumble. Maybe the only evidence that that's what he's doing here is this phrase, offend one of these little ones. It is serious business. It is very, very dangerous for us to cause offenses to other people. It appears from this passage of Scripture that it's even more dangerous to offend children. It would be better for a person if a millstone, if a rock, were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these children, one of these little ones. If Jesus is talking about small children and offending them or causing them to stumble, why is it a bigger deal to cause a child to stumble rather than a grown-up? I believe this is the point. You cause a grown-up to stumble, someone who has developed in their understanding, developed their thinking, has grown and matured in their relationships with other people, that's one thing. They're able to process it better, to deal with it, to recover, to understand right and wrong. But a child is not mature. A small one, a little one, has innocence, is still developing their moral character, their understanding of the world. And when you hurt one of the little ones, the damage that you do is not momentary like it can be for an adult. A little one is hurt deeper. The offense goes deeper into them. A little one is offended in a much greater way. And it not only offends for the moment, it not only causes them to stumble for the moment, but it may very well shape their lives as they continue to grow and mature. We need to be very, very careful around our children. It is a sad testimony that in our culture, people are often treating children as if they were adults. They're letting them watch programming on television or on the internet that they have no way of processing. They're speaking language in their presence that ought to be filtered. They're letting them hear discussions and see relationships that a child should not see. Many children are growing up in homes where adultery is commonplace where foul language is present, where anger and abuse run rampant. Many children are growing up without any moral teaching, without any Christian values being present. They go out into the world and they see deception in government. They see lies on television. They watch programming where there's adultery and homosexuality and indifference toward the human condition. Violence is everywhere and it's promoted and condoned. These things are serious. Jesus says it would be better if a stone were tied around your neck and you were cast into the sea than that you should cause one of these little ones to stumble. And yet we cause these little ones to stumble all the time. We need to be warned. We need to be careful about offending anyone, but even more importantly about offending little ones. We need to start being careful and cautious about what we say and what we do. We need to recognize that those tiny little ears, those tiny little minds, are soaking up everything we say. And when we hurt them, when we cause them to stumble, 
when we fill their lives with all of this evil, all that contradicts the teachings of God, we are in danger ourselves. Now notice what Jesus says following that. He says in verse 3, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And we need to note this. If someone sins against us, we are to address it. We're not just to fume over it. We're not just to powder sulk. If someone sins against us, we are to rebuke them. We're to correct them. We're to point it out. And if they repent, we're to forgive them. We're to cancel that debt. It is to be as if it had never happened. Now, that's difficult for us as humans, but that's what Jesus is saying. He goes on and says in verse 4, And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. We live in a world where we are sinned against. And when we are sinned against, we're to address it kindly, in love. And once we've addressed it, if that person says they're sorry, if that person repents, if that person acknowledges it, we're to forgive them, we're to cancel the debt. And if that happens over and over and over and over again in a day, and over and over again they come back and they repent, we're still to forgive them. Forgiving others is tied to God's forgiving us. There's a parable about this. There's clear teaching in Matthew chapter 6 that if we do not forgive others, then our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Forgiveness is an important part of the Christian life. It needs to be a regular part of the Christian life because people are going to offend us. Now, with that said, let's think about this for just one moment before we close. We need to be very, very clear what an offense or what a sin is. Just because somebody does what we don't like or says what we don't like, that's not a sin against us. A sin is defined by God, not by me. I can't judge somebody else's heart and look at the intent of what someone says or what someone does. I can't just look at somebody and disagree with what they do or think that what they're doing is wrong and be offended. I have a responsibility to follow Jesus Christ, to grow in my faith, and to live as a mature Christian. So when someone sins against me, it must be clear that they're sinning against me. Not just, I'm sensitive, or I'm tender, and I don't like what they're saying or doing, or I disagree with what they're saying or doing. Sometimes we're too thin-skinned. We need to have the heart of a baby and the skin of a rhinoceros. That's what my pastor taught me. And it's true. But when it does happen, when we are sinned against, the biblical pattern is to address it. Don't just fume over it. Address it. Address it in love. Address it kindly. And allow the person the opportunity to repent. Talk it out. If you do not have a relationship with someone in which you can talk these things out, then this person probably doesn't qualify as if your brother sins against you, someone in a close relationship. Don't expect to do this with strangers. Don't expect to do this at the grocery store or at the gas pump or in the market. This kind of relationship is reserved for those who we are close to, who we are familiar with. I hope this helps us. It should give us a great deal to think about. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love, your forgiveness of us. Help us to confess our sin. Help us to understand what repentance is and then to repent as we sin against you 
And thank you for forgiving us and forgiving us and forgiving us, especially for that everlasting forgiveness that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, He will draw near to us.